Hello, everyone out there in podcast world. I hope you're having a great day. You're listening to the Service Business Mastery Podcast, the podcast focused on service business owners, managers, and technicians who are considering becoming business owners themselves. My goal with this podcast is to ask the unasked questions. And uh, I don't know if I said this or not, but you're listening to Tersh. I'm the host. Uh, if you've never listened to this episode before, are you, let me rephrase that getting tongue-tied here uh i'm super excited about today's episode if you've never listened to this show at all uh you may not know i'm i'm a junkie for being paperless and also being remote and so when i have guests on like we have today uh gabriel uh, pinchev with field pulse i get super excited because i really love metrics and i really love the fact that I carry my office around on my backpack and I can access everything remotely. And I think that when you're starting out, a lot of people are overwhelmed by the word CRM or getting started with CRM. I get a lot of questions, you know, at what point am I big enough to start having a CRM? Like, do I start out with an Excel spreadsheet or should I start out with a program like billboards like what when do I do that and my answer is always the same as soon as you like as soon as you open up I'd start with the CRM uh, because and you want to get one it's kind of a catch-22 because as you grow you learn like okay I need to do X Y and Z I need to make sure that my CRM can do X, Y, and Z. But when you first start out, you don't know that that's what you need. So hopefully shows like this will help you uh, know which questions to ask and kind of know where to go um, when it comes to CRM. So I'd like to welcome to the show, Gabriel, and um, I'm super excited to help uh, our audience in answering some of those questions that they may, may not know to ask. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So a little bit about you, where are you located and how did you get into the tech side of things? Sure. So I'm in Dallas, Texas. Um, so my name is Gabriel Pinchev and I founded Field Pulse uh, a few years ago. And so, um, as I always say, is that founders in um, SaaS space typically come from two ways. They either come from the technical side or they come from the domain expertise of being within the industry. And so I came from the software side. Um, I had worked in different software solutions, but also worked with different small business software solutions, um, specifically in the mobility space. I was a mobility consultant um, working for a large company. And so one of our clients specifically um, resold and worked with some in-house um, small mobile solutions that were designed towards small businesses. Um, so I had good exposure to what was out there using them. Um, but at the same time, I was also dealing with different contractors, both uh, professionally and personally. And so I saw that there's still a big open space for the small end of the market, um, really small service contractors, under 10, under 20 person companies that were underserved with technology. Um, most of the stuff out there was very expensive, uh, took a while to implement, took a while to learn, um, and wasn't feasible for the small guy. And so I decided to um, start Field Pulse with a mobile first design and a mentality that made the software uh, really easy to start, easy to get going, and easy to use. And with our team helping, we think we can get you 
up and running um, in less than an hour. And so um, that's oh, wow. kind of the name of the name of the game for us. That's really interesting. So it's not like a month long onboarding process. No, as long as you can get um, people to download the app and install it, um, yeah, we can get you fully set up very quickly, filling out the information, and then um, most of the application is pretty easy to learn. Um, and so we have videos and guides to help with advanced things. But uh -huh. especially for your field techs, it's uh, it's pretty simple if you're just um, adding them into the mobile app that they yeah. typically learn it on their own. Okay, cool. That's what I was going to ask. Is it like, um, so there's certain things with the CRM that we currently use that if you don't do X, you definitely won't get Y. Um, is, and so there's a lot of training involved to ensure, like once you do the workflow and once you, you know, consistently are doing it properly, it's, it's fine and dandy. Uh, but that first month to six months, uh, there's a lot of people who will drop off the CRM just because of um, how much is involved with the learning process. So it sounds like yours is very much the opposite direction. So it's very simple to, to operate. Um, is your, are you able to um, integrate into something like QuickBooks or do you, is it have, you have your own accounting stuff or how does that work? So we, so we don't touch the accounting side. Uh, we, okay. we touch the cost basis and profit tracking side, but for accounting, we do integrate with QuickBooks online. Um, mm -hmm. And within a few weeks, we should integrate with QuickBooks desktop as well. And so the way oh, that cool. SYNC works is um, when you create a customer or an invoice in Field Pulse, um, it will sync over to QuickBooks and create a matching invoice and payment there for your accounting purposes later on. Okay, so you actually would send out the invoice from QuickBooks Online? No, so you'd send it out from Field Pulse, but okay. um, it will create the matching invoice for okay. QuickBooks um, so that for accounting purposes later, you have a matching record there. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, sometimes, um, I know some softwares out there will have a uh, um, communication over to QuickBooks and then you take it take it from there. You go to QuickBooks and, and you do... Um, like mailing out your invoices and customer uh, communication through there. Uh, no, so the, is it a the idea with Field Pulse is that we want to keep your day-to-day -day full operations within the software. Um, that's perfect. So in total, we do job scheduling and dispatching, CRM, estimates and invoices and payments, um, employee timesheets, customer communications, oh, cool. um, really a ton of different stuff. And so the idea is that it's an all-in-one solution, so you're not fragmented and going around to yeah. different applications, but you're also not leaving the product. And so for us, the QuickBooks integration is really just for your accounting later on with your accountant, yeah. um, but you're not actually doing the operations there. Some people do things where they kind of mix the two, but uh -huh. the ideal workflow is that you're keeping it all in one place. And so you have all the related records between jobs, customers, and invoices um, so that you can reference each other very easily. Yeah, I really like that because there are times where I've seen, um, not my personal experience, but I've seen other people have shared that the communication between um, the CRM and your um, QuickBooks Online, sometimes you can have like a little glitch in there in your, um, your batching, and then all of a sudden you can't find something. But if you can access it through field polls, then you can, you have your like checks and balances there, uh, if that makes sense. So you yep. can actually go back to field polls and say, no, this is what it should look like. Uh, not, 
not this way, Mr. Bookkeeper, Mr. Mr. Accountant. <laughs> Correct. You're wrong. <laughs> uh, do you have a price book built into Field Pulse? No. Um, so you can import your price list and use okay. that as your repository. Um, so that's actually something we're going to be starting very soon is actually a sales tool that's um, oh, linked cool. with a fixed flat rate price book um, and okay. a sales offering. And uh, so we, we plan to start that probably within the next month or two. Um, oh, cool. And it's going to be a combination of a flat rate price book, but also a way of pitching kind of a good, better, best options that applies to some industries. Um, yeah. And uh, it really depends on the type of business you run, but there's a lot of psychology in offering good, better, best offerings. Um, and so a lot of what we want to do going forward with our software is helping you sell better and sell more. Um, mm -hmm. And that's kind of the first start of it. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And I think that any CRM that's not doing that is really a disservice to the client. Um, so before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about uh, your social media. And that's how I found you. Because we do a lot of I do a lot of Instagram, both, both personal and on business pages, and uh, Facebook. But if you're not following Field Pulse on Instagram and Facebook, you're doing yourself a disservice because um, the comedy value that comes from just following the Instagram page is just next level. I mean, it's it's hilarious. Um, with that being said, if you go to your Instagram page, you actually have on there uh, where you can take quizzes, which is really cool. I thought, um, uh, I like, I'm not a an expert on a lot of the things that you offer these quizzes for, but, uh, I thought that was really cool. And it also brought to my attention that even though like someone like service Titan, they're predominantly going to be electrical plumbing and HVAC, you, you have the ability, I mean, you have roofing, pressure washing, plumbing, HVAC, electrical, drywall, lawn care. Like you have all of that stuff just in the little quizzes alone uh, in your little, um, in the, the feed there on the Instagram page. So in your stories, so do you offer more than that? Or is, or is that, that's your, your go-to uh, trades that you typically work with? Yeah, I think like most of the software is that um, you typically target the plumbing, electrical and HVAC industries, and that's based on volume. Um, right, right. But our customer base stretches across so many different industries and really any type of mobile service business or service contractor that's on a smaller end. Um, we typically have as a customer. I mean, we get everything from beehive and swarm removal to oh, chimney cool. sweeping to even like death scene cleanup. Um, it's wow. really, there's such a wide range of what we get, but of course we do have a focus, uh, and then a focus in terms of how we, um, kind of target our audience, um, as well. But yeah, of course you get a wide range. Yeah. I, that's cool because, um, you, if you can target, I mean, if you have the ability, obviously it makes things, some things more difficult because our, our career fields are a little different, like, especially when it comes to roofing versus, uh, a service company that, um, catches five or six service calls a day mm -hmm. per tech. Uh, and then like a, a roofing crew that just goes out there and they're on the same job for a week or something like that. I could see a, a challenge on that for sure. So it's cool that you're, you're able to cross over those, those 
uh, barriers and those uh, boundaries there. Yeah, I think the difference is is that um, what we call or what we say is that we cater also to like the service contractor because a lot of these guys are doing a mix of both service based work and project based work. Yeah, um, and so we wanted to cater to both, and then so. In that, we also get both ends of the spectrum doing fully kind of like a roofer that only does full roofs um, mm -hmm. and then companies that only do service businesses. And the way we do that is that we have both project management and project tracking as well as jobs and services, um, and they actually link to each other. So um, if you do project-based work, you would enable that module in the system. Um, and then you'd create a project for those longer term projects, but you'd actually still use the jobs and services to allocate the work within that. Um, okay. So it also lets you manage more complex projects where you're dispatching different people for different parts at different times yeah. by structuring it as one parent project and then allocating different jobs within that project. Um, so it allows us to kind of service both ends and especially the companies that do a mix, which is a challenge because um, many companies do same day service work and then they'll also take on larger projects. And I think that's mm. also common in HVAC. Yeah. And I have a lot of friends who do multi-trades also. So they may have a roofing division and an HVAC division and a pumper truck division and plumbing. And, you know, so uh, those those companies, I find they're actually uh, offering different CRMs, like they're, they're carrying different uh, oh, really? programs. So like the roofers, they all have this CRM and then the, uh, the, um, handyman service uses this CRM. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's overwhelming for me to yeah. even think about. So. And, and in the tool in field pulse, you can, uh, structure your company as multiple teams so that if you do divide it into multiple ways, you can kind of segment them out. And so your schedules won't collide. Uh, when you're looking at just, let's say, plumbing work and then just no, that's cool. HVAC work, um, if it is very different for you. But oftentimes when you're in two different trades, you do try to align kind of the type of work you do, kind of mm -hmm. like you do, um, mm -hmm. so that you're managing kind of similar schedules. But in the end, the, the people doing the work are often have to be specialized for that. And so you want to segment them into teams anyway. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so... I know that you, you're not super, you don't like coming on these shows and just talking all about Phil Pulse. And I understand that completely, but I am super inquisitive when it comes to sure. uh, softwares like yours. Um, but there's something else that you and I were talking about beforehand that I'd like to touch on a little bit too, before we get off of here. And that's uh, the wording of, of invoices and proposals and stuff like that. So, for the listeners that don't know, uh, I think that I've already shared this. I know that I have a full series of recordings. I just I haven't released them all yet. But um, where we got sued because of a client that wanted us to pay for his new flooring. And what saved us was basically the wording on our invoices. What do you have something in Field Pulse where it's like on every time... Let's see, how could this happen? Um, every time this task code is brought up, automatically they have to fill out this waiver form. Is, is that a thing? Um, I haven't heard of that. I just kind of made it up while I was thinking out loud. But No, but it, it all starts with kind of the process you have with your company. Okay. And so okay. Um, you can attach notes. You can attach contracts. Um, you can make them customers sign off on them. We have custom forms that you can create and fill out and have the customers sign off. 
And so in general, we think it's great practice to always include as many details as you can and get sign off. And that's mm-hmm. in, it, it depends on what industry you're in and how you do it, but that's in different parts throughout the process. So when you're providing an estimate, we think it's critical to include a ton of details, which is tough to do when you're doing manual written invoices and estimates. Yeah. Uh, so being able to copy stuff you've already written straight into your estimate very quickly is critical. But the more details you have, the less room there is for ambiguity and um, and arguments later on. So including those details, getting them signed off ahead of time, because you can have signature sign off either in person or send them via email, is important okay. to avoiding disputes. And uh, this continues on further down if you're if you're doing more project based work and you have change orders. I believe you never do a change order before it's been priced and signed off from a customer. Yes. Um, I think that's one of the biggest areas of disputes typically. Like, oh, I didn't realize you're going to charge me for that. <laughs> um, so don't even start the work until you get it approved in writing with pricing. Um, mm-hmm. And the problem is people t- tend to skip those things because they don't have time. They don't want to go back home to write it up. But when you can do it quickly in the field, on your phone, on your tablet, um, press a few buttons, create a new change order, um, and send it for signature or have them sign on the spot, it really saves you those headaches later on when it comes to details. Um, And then kind of like your incident, um, Mm -hmm. even after work, recording the details of what happened, recording photos, taking photos, and attaching them in the system Uh, can save you later on because once a job is done, you can attach notes, you can attach comments, you can attach files and photos that show what you did. So not only do our customers use that for their team members to kind of show the work they did to their managers that aren't there, Mm -hmm. um, but it's great for record keeping and proof when you need it later on, kind of like you did in your scenario. Yeah, that's so you are able to add photos, uh, upload photos to the to the program? Correct. Yep. Okay. And the, the photos that are added, are they added to the location or are they added to the customer? So you can add them in a few different places. So you could, you could attach them to the customer profile. You can attach them to the job record, or you can attach them to their estimate or invoice. And it really depends mm-hmm. on how you operate, where you want them to live, um, and who you want to see them. Because if it's, if it's for the person creating the invoice estimate or job, then you would create it there. But ultimately, all those files still roll up to the customer profile. So you would still find them there. So it's just a matter of how you want to handle it as a company and your process and who within the company is doing it based on the access they have. Gotcha. So the scenario that that comes to mind is like if we did like a property management company and they had 200 properties, Mm -hmm. um, the, the customer would be the property management company and then like several locations would be the 200 locations. And so a lot of times I would attach a photo to the customer's location. Um, and then it's fine that it rolls up to the customer, but each time we look at that location, I would like to be able to see a a progress report basically of how the system's evolving over the years. Yeah. And you can attach that to the specific related customers. So in our system, you would create, the property management company is kind of the parent customer. And then you mm-hmm. create the properties underneath it as their own sub customers that roll up to it. Gotcha. So you're always doing the job for those related customers of the parent company, but then it's mm-hmm. always easy to find it again through that parent company and keep track of it. And so 
um, especially in HVAC when you want to look at what um, equipment there, the history yeah. of what's been done, um, really being able to add those notes and have them chronologically sorted and being able to go back to them can be critical. Yeah, that's really, it really is critical. And uh, one of the biggest things is having the techs actually do the work, uh, add the photos and add the information. But once you can get them to actually do it when they're in the field, then it's great information for the office to have, especially whenever a client calls in and they're asking a question and you can quickly just go to their file, look at their pictures and say, okay, well, this is what we found. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's a challenge that I've had in the past where I feel like I could say that we're worked, we've worked through that, but it's not always that way. Uh, whenever they go to a job, you always take a picture of it and before and after. And that's what really, we could have gotten in a lot of trouble with the lawsuit um, and had to pay for all new floors in the guy's whole house um, had we not taken pictures. Mm -hmm. um, and so at that time we weren't very diligent about taking pictures, but since then, um, I've made sure that anytime I don't get pictures, I'm like, uh, oh, you remember that lawsuit? <laughs> you don't no, want to pay that $5,000, do you? Cause I don't want to pay $5,000 for floors. No. But <laughs> and one thing you said was when a customer calls, being able to call back the information and find it. Um, and that's key and very difficult to do without software. But one thing yes. that we've implemented, it's currently in beta and we plan to release it fully very shortly is a fully integrated phone system. Um, okay, so cool. That has value in a few different ways, but directly with that, so that once you get a text or call from the customer, it knows which customer it is because it's fully integrated and you can pull mm -hmm. up their information very easily without them even having to tell you. Um, so trying to get everything together all in one is really kind of the name of the game because all these different items and components um, relate to each other. And so some people try to go out using fragmented solutions, using like a free yeah. estimating software, uh -huh. um, a different CRM and then a different <laughs> payment tool. But when it comes to linking them all and finding the, the traceability between them, it becomes very difficult. Yeah, absolutely correct. Now, is there a way to export certain customers? So if I wanted customers that all had 10 year old equipment that I could import into like a um, MailChimp or something like that to do an email marketing campaign. Is there an ability to do something like that? Yeah. So we let you export your customers really anytime. Um, and okay. with that, you have a few different ways of storing kind of data like that. So we have custom fields and then we also have custom tags. And so our customers okay. use those custom fields and custom tags to fill in different information that they want to use for marketing. Um, and then when they're ready, they'll just one click export it. Mm -hmm. They'll filter by those certain tags and then they'll put it into something like MailChimp um, and then do their email marketing that way. Um, eventually, I think within the next year or so, we're probably going to either do a very heavy integration with uh, another um, email marketing tool or build one in-house. And that's something in discussion on the roadmap. But um, cool. in general, our, our big focus in the next year is mm -hmm. um, finding ways to help get you more business. Sweet. I like it. Now, last question, I promise, uh, is do you have any sort of inventory tracking or ability to job cost? Uh, I guess that's two questions. Sorry. <laughs> uh, job costing and inventory tracking. 
Yes, yeah, so we do have inventory tracking. And um, so basically you record the quantities and then as you use them in an invoice and invoice the customer, it'll deduct it from inventory. And so we try to keep okay. it very simple um, mm -hmm. because some people don't want to get too crazy, but they obviously want to know what they have on hand um, and know when they're getting low and know who's using what. Um, so we do have a, a system to record that. Um, for the cost tracking, um, so we, we do it in kind of two different ways. So when you're creating an invoice, you can attach unit costs to your actual items so that you have a unit price, that's what you're charging the customer, and a unit cost that records your internal cost. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can add additional expenses to your invoices um, so that at the end of the day, there's a second tab that is your profit and cost tracking where it shows... Yeah what you're charging, what it costs you, and then it breaks it down for profit margin across product and service by, by line item, um, total margin, and really gives you a better handle on your cost for any certain job or project, which in my opinion is one of the biggest issues that um, oh, yes. contractors face is that they often really don't know how much they're making on any job. You kind of mm -hmm. look at it on a monthly basis or yearly basis if you're profitable, but it's important to really be able to do it on a per job basis. And it's difficult unless you're able to track it this way. And so yeah. rather than doing it in QuickBooks and a third party, we have a simple way where you can attach the cost to the items themselves as you create your invoice. And then if there's anything that's not an item in your invoice, you just add it as an additional expense and then it breaks it down. Um, on that cost, on that costing, is there um, the labor? So, is there like your that technician's labor burden, and then tracks how long they're on that job? Is that part of the job costing, or do you have to um, you have to know kind of? So yes, um, but it but it also depends on how you do it. So okay, okay. Um, if you're so you can record labor um mm -hmm. and if you're not showing it as a line item you can actually put it on and then hide it um okay. we have a few ways to actually get that time that they spent uh, we have what we call a job duration for that job and it automatically tracks how long the job was in the in progress status and then it calculates okay. the job duration and you can use that to pull it into your invoice for either the cost or the price for your customer. Okay. Um, alternatively, you can also use the employee's timesheet if they're clocking in and out during the day for okay. that specific job and then pull that into the timesheet. But it really depends also on how you configure your invoice for the customer because um, we don't we don't agree or I don't know if agree is the right word, but we don't <laughs> um, we don't. I'm not trying to think what the right word is, but we don't support as much doing time and material type billing. <laughs> um, yes, time and material is not the right way to do it. That's no. the, that's the right way to say it. <laughs> yeah. So um, we we believe that doing um, all inclusive pricing, including using stuff like flat rate price books and things like right. that, makes you more profitable and kind of gets you more into a business mentality versus a team member mentality, which I think is one of the biggest difficulties that new companies have if they came from being uh, yes. a team member of a team and moving to a business. Um, so, but at the same time, you do need to track that as a cost for you as a business. So the mm -hmm. way you structure the invoice, you can actually make it so your invoice appears as a flat rate, but you're mm -hmm. still recording the labor hours from your team members as a oh, cost yeah, totally. to track the profit. 
Yeah. So something that we like to do, or we don't like to do, this is something that we enforce. The only way that a technician can get a bonus is if their labor percentage stays below 30%. So even though we're flat rate, we still track how much of their labor um, percentage is of the total job. So they have to maintain a 30% or lower labor percentage uh, for the entire month in order for them to get a bonus based off of their um, uh, revenue generation. And so we track um, the total time on each job yeah. so that we can, when we job cost it, we know that that labor percentage. No, it definitely makes sense. Um, and also depending on the type of industry you're in, you can also commission your team members based on what they upsell. And I think it, it really varies on the industry. You see a little bit more of that in HVAC recently. I think you see less of that in plumbing and electrical, but then other industries, especially when you can offer a good, better, best, you see more of that. And so part of our profit and cost tracking tool, um, you can also do commission tracking. And so you can either do it based on gross revenue from the invoice or on, uh, on the margin of the invoice, taking into account the cost. And so you can just attach a straight commission percentage or fixed amount based on the margin and it all kind of comes into play. But again, it depends on your business model. Um, I know it's become a lot more prevalent in HVAC than, than the other kind of service trades. Um, but, it, but it can be valuable obviously to boosting your margin. Oh, totally completely. And the, whenever you go to collecting payments, uh, is, do you have a credit card, like a merchant services built into it or is yep. that okay? And then financing, do you have an integration with a finance company or is that something that might be coming in the future? Yeah, we do. So, okay. uh, we have our, tightly knit payment platform um, that we have a great partner with that we have a great relationship with and it's fully integrated in the platform so that you can take payment on the spot you can take payment remotely in the computer if you're doing it like over the phone or you can send for payment via email and one of the biggest differentiators in our opinion is that um, our rate doesn't change even if you don't do the swiping with the dongle okay yes because we believe that it's a real pain, especially with <laughs> yeah. team members. Um, yep. the, the newer dongles have to be charged. Um, they're expensive. Yep. People lose them. They're not there. And a, a lot of processors, the rates goes up dramatically if you're not using it. Um, so mm-hmm. we, we kind of assume you're not going to use it. We make it one flat rate. And then um, you can just use your mobile phone to, to scan it with the camera and put it in, or you can key it in. Um, or if you're sending online, the customer does it. Um, but it's very easy, um, and our customers are a big fan of that. And then uh, your second question was around financing. So we do have a partner um, called Service Finance, and so we're integrated with them where you can, from a Field Pulse invoice, you can click a button, and then it will launch a new application for your customer on the spot, and it fills in a little bit of information that you already have on them, and then from Mm -hmm. there, they'll fill out the application and submit it. So that you're likely to win more jobs because um, they're not having to go get financing elsewhere. Because if you're doing a $10,000 job, a lot of people can't write that check. And uh, obviously the easier you make it to for yeah. them to afford it um, and not having to go to through a bank or a separate party, mm-hmm. uh, the more likely I think they are to go with you. I agree. And so that, and that is built into it or is it easily... It's, it's I know an you integration said that. that's okay. uh, with the company Service Finance, and so um, Service Finance. Okay, it's it's 
it's kind of built into the app so that when you click a button, it opens up their application within our okay. within our application. Yeah, so it doesn't take you like you don't have to go to a different app to open up and and then like punch all your numbers back into the other app, and so you're like fumbling back and forth between two no, apps. No, and, no. Okay. Yep. Sweet. That's perfect. And then on that, uh, whenever they actually collect, when when you collect for that, uh, do you do you have to run it as a credit card? So you get charged that 3% or whatever percentage it is again. So the reason I asked that is um, we use a finance company and we have to pay their finance dealer fees. And then they give us a credit card number basically. And we have to run it as a credit card. So we pay, we get to pay the dealer fee and we get to pay a credit card fee. Interesting. I yeah, need to double check that. Then. Really awesome um, for us. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I don't believe that's how they do it, but I need to double check. I've never heard of anybody doing that except for us. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, so that's, yeah, lucky. I mean, us, that, but. yeah, that kind of increases it another 3% or so, right? Right, exactly. So if you're paying 16% for 60 months, 0% financing, and then you pay another 3%, like, hello, there's no profits in that job. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, um, cool. So obviously... I had a lot of questions. I still have a ton more questions, but I'm not going to bombard you <laughs> with all of that. Uh, the program is obviously amazing. Um, it's honestly, it's extremely comparable to what I use currently. Uh, price wise, how is that even created? Is it per technician, a flat fee? Is it per all total users? Yeah, so there's a base platform fee that includes your first user, and that's $39 a month. Um, and we're really designed for the smaller end of the market, so okay. under 10, under 20 people. And we have a ton of customers that are single single operators using it as well. Um, and then additional users cost 10 or $20 per month based on their role, so if they're managers or if they're field techs. And you can add and remove them at any time and their cost is just prorated throughout um, our base platform is month to month so you can really cancel at any time we offer discounts for longer terms like six months and annual um, mm-hmm. but ultimately if you're month to month we have to earn your business every month and we have uh, what i believe is the best support uh, team available and i even participate that it's a big part of our culture as a company uh, to make mm-hmm. sure that um, our customers love us. And so I'm in there all day as well, looking at our chats and phone calls and making sure that our customers are happy. And I'm jumping in and talking as well uh, to keep a pulse on things. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, so literally, what is the downfall? Like what, uh, why wouldn't people come and use your program? Because it's not a price point. Why wouldn't they? Um, and it seriously seems like it has everything. Um, yeah, um, I think that's a good question. It depends on your company size. I, I don't think we're catered for larger companies that are probably 100 or more. Um, okay, but that's like a very small percentage yeah. of everybody out there. <laughs> Correct. I feel um, like. <laughs> yeah, no, we believe most of the market is under under 20, 30 person companies. And that's who yeah. we target. Um, it, downfalls. I mean, some other applications might have more. <laughs> it's probably not a question you get very often. No, it's not. But it's, it's not a bad question. And we're pretty yeah. transparent. Uh, yeah, yeah, some, yeah. Other question, uh, some other 
programs might have more bells and whistles and little things. Um, we try to find the right balance of easy to use with robust, and it's it's a difficult balance to achieve. And one way we mm -hmm. do it is by by keeping it simple and adding on modules that you add on when you need advanced functionality. Um, because okay. we don't want to bombard you with a million different customizations, but at the same time, people require them. Um, so we're not going to be the tool that lets you customize every little thing and takes a while to implement. But then we're mm -hmm. also not going to be on this super simple tool that is ready to go completely out of the box and you can't customize anything, but you're ready to run. And so we're somewhere mm -hmm. in between. Um, and we expect you or we we think we can get you up and running very quickly and get you fully set up probably within an hour and trained. But mm -hmm. at the same time, you have to make a commitment on your end to to learn the process, to mm -hmm. use it, to get your team using it and really commit to it. Um, I think that that's with with any CRM. If you if you don't have that commitment, yeah. it's going to be a, a huge I mean, you might as well just take your money and throw it out the window. Correct. And if you're only using it for some stuff, you're not going to get the full advantage of the reporting yeah. and data. Um, you're not going to get the consistency. You really need the buy-in from your team. Um, and uh, it all kind of plays into it. But I think most successful businesses are definitely using something. Um, and mm -hmm. oh, and yeah. I would definitely say the most profitable businesses have to be using something. Oh, yeah. You, you're Otherwise, you are literally... If you're, if you are, um, bank account balancing your cash flow, uh, so yeah, we have money in the bank, so we made profit on that job. That uh, that's not going to last very long, especially as you grow. Like, you may be able to do that with one man uh, truck, but uh, it's definitely you need the job cost. And I think mm -hmm. I harp on that a lot. I, th I think that that's something that's extremely important. I believe that's something that's extremely important. Um, honestly, uh, the, the program, I don't know, like, unless you have some major something skeleton in the claws, I don't see why more people wouldn't be using your program. Cause it's a really, it sounds like you, you hit all the, hit all the nails on the head is, uh, as far as what we really need as, as we're growing a business. Yeah. Um, I think we're a great solution for the small end of the market. Um, Last week, we reached an agreement with um, the largest plumbing supplier in the world, the Reese Group, actually based in Australia, um, oh, cool. who's investing in us, but also taking us to market with their entire customer base. Um, they nice. tried every solution out there, and um, and they came to us and approached us and said that we think you're the best fit for our customers, and we want to mm -hmm. we want to put you out there and benefit our customers. Um, and so it, it's great to hear, have the backing of someone like that kind of confirm uh, what we believe as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. So if anybody wants to get in touch with you, learn more about Field Pulse, um, other than following Instagram and Facebook page, what, <laughs> what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, you should start with our Instagram and Facebook. Um, yeah. <laughs> we have a, a great team that's puts it together. We have one person leading the charge, but the whole company kind of submits things that they see or our own ideas. Um, but then fieldpulse.com and we, um, you can just chat with us on the site. You can call in, you can schedule a demo. Um, I think we offer the best support and sales to help you get going. And, um, and, uh, if you want to chat with me, you can ask for Gabe or Gabriel and, uh, um, you should be able to reach me as well. Sweet Gabe. Thank you so much for coming on the show. All right. Well, thank you for having me. 
So anybody that's listening to this podcast, if you found value in this episode, please, uh, if you're listening to it on your phone, take a screenshot and share it on Instagram and tag, tag Phil Poltz, tag me. Uh, it's just my first and last name, Church Blissett. And uh, if you have any questions for me uh, personally, feel free to reach out to me. My email is church at icebound.us. Um, a little bit of news uh, for me and the podcast. Uh, we're still continuing the podcast. It's not anything like that. But I'm starting another podcast also focused on answering questions for questions for homeowners, uh, mainly in our local market, but also other places. So if you have anything that you feel like it would be of added value for the homeowner specifically, please reach out to me because I'd like to um, provide as much value as possible to the homeowner. It's not going to be like a technical, like YouTube university, how to fix an air conditioning unit or anything like that. It's more just going to be an education type module. Like, uh, make sure you change your filters every 30 days. This is a reason why that type of stuff. But anyways, if you have anything that you'd like to add to that, please reach out to me. Um, and we have about 20 episodes recorded so far and uh, I'd like to have, uh, probably about another 20 of them before I start releasing them. That way I'm very consistent with it. But with that being said, thank you again for listening to the Service Business Mastery Podcast, the podcast focused on service business owners, managers, and technicians who are considering becoming business owners themselves. Until we talk again next week, uh, I hope you have a great week. And uh, this is Thanksgiving week, and I should be releasing it this week. So happy Thanksgiving. And if you're listening in America, if not, um, reach out to me. I'll explain Thanksgiving to you. I have a funny story about that. But anyways, until next week, we'll talk again soon.